each week we're trying to improve uh, the sort of video and make sure that you know we're improving on it, make it a little better each week. Uh, this week I tried making it so you couldn't see all the hymns that I stacked uh, underneath the TV. Uh, next week I think we're gonna grow leaps and bounds. We're gonna try and have 3D, so get your 3D glasses and I'll just like, you know, pop in to your living room. Um, that's probably not advisable, but anyways. Uh, it's good to be together again in this way. I want to encourage us through the reading of God's word and studying uh, together in the Gospel of Mark. I transitioned to the Gospel of Mark because as the world shakes, Mark offers the, uh, the picture of Jesus that we truly need. This shows us that as the world shakes, we are part of the unshakable kingdom of God. That God's power is breaking forth into the world and we can trust in Christ that he truly is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We just introduced you to a new song and the hope is, is that next week we'd be a little bit more familiar with it as we celebrate Easter and that whole message that's captured in that of Christ setting us free, that we have freedom in Christ, that we are new in him. And so I hope that that song would be in your heart this week as we uh, just sort of hum along through our day and as we navigate from the living room to the kitchen, to the refrigerator and back, uh, you know, as you do that 20, 30 times now. Um, you know, I don't know how many cookies I've baked and eaten this week, but it's been, uh, it's been glorious. But anyways, uh, as we navigate and we, uh, this and as we comfort one another, I hope that we would continue to draw together in Christ, knowing that when we get through this on the other side of it, we would uh, be much stronger together, that we would understand the importance of the four walls as for our gathering of encouragement and worship. But the church really has never been bound by four walls. It's never been bound by traditions and the way we have always done things. It is bound up in Jesus Christ and his lordship and kingship. And so I'm excited to see what God is doing in a new way and a new thing by sort of drawing us away from all of these things that we've busied our lives with to comfort us and guide us and challenge us and convict us to show us what truly is important. Now, my friend Lindsay is here and I'm going to pick on her for a moment. I've never met anyone that has driven on such low gas so many times. So I'm going to ask her a question. Lindsay, how many times have you driven your car to the point where it's completely empty? This year? This year. Yeah, let's just ask this year. I think three. Three. Three times in 2020 where she has stalled out because her gas tank is empty. Now I pick on her and she's embarrassed and she's laughing. Yeah, she's embraced it. Like it's a way of life for her. Uh, but I've been thinking about, uh, I've been thinking about what we face in the world. Now me, if I start getting near E, near empty, like panic starts to set in. Like, do I have enough gas to get where I'm trying to go? And what I think has happened in our culture recently is a lot of this running on empty and so at the very onset of this whole entire thing, I think we were running on empty thinking we don't have enough. And when we went to the grocery store, it sort of just blew up in our minds because suddenly we're thinking about, do I have enough? And we have always sort of operated with that, but this situation has exacerbated it by saying, do I really have enough to get by for this? 
and with the uncertainty of what is ahead. And so what happened, I think it just all snowballed. The fear that's within us and the uncertainty and the um, just sort of the uncomfortableness of not knowing what's ahead caused all of us to start asking this question a little bit more prevalently, a little more prominently in our life and our relationship with people and the way we think about the world. And we're asking, do we have enough? And all of us are facing that challenge. All of us are wondering, do we have enough to get through this? Do we have enough uh, to uh, supply and take care of our families? Do we have enough emotional uh, strength to get through this? Do we have enough spiritual strength? Do we have enough physical strength? And so we were wondering, do we have enough? And so this morning's text is in the Gospel of Mark. And, and very plainly and very clearly, this morning's message I want you to hear is that Jesus is enough. That Jesus is enough for us in every aspect, in every area of our life. And the challenges that we face as a world is, is that so many of us have forgotten and so many of us ignore or we have hardened hearts to this simple important truth of the completeness of Christ and the sufficiency of Christ for you and for me. And so we run around with this question of do I have enough and we try to fill it with so much stuff that we don't ever really take enough time to consider just how much we are filled in Jesus Christ. And so I want to read uh, an important story to us in the Gospel of Mark, and it's in chapter 8. And the question really is for you is that emptiness that you feel like you don't have enough of. We try to fill it with an awful lot. But the point of life is, and what we know as Christians and what we've grabbed a hold of is that the thing that we are missing has been Jesus all along. And he's ready to fill us with what we truly need. And so let's read in our Bibles in Mark chapter 8. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, but where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? Now we're going to pause right there for a second because this is actually the second time Jesus will feed thousands of people. The disciples, they ask the same question and it's like, uh, the first time when he fed 5,000, this time they're going to feed 4,000. They're asking the same question. Where are we going to get enough bread? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also, and he told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. Seven basketfuls. About 4,000 were present after he had sent them away. He got into the boat with his disciples, and he went to the region of 
Dalmanutha. There we go. Sorry. We don't know where that's at, by the way. So don't ask. Anyways, the Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and he said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them. He got back into the boat and he crossed to the other side. Now, picking up in verse 14, the disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and they said, is it because we have no bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you, you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of, basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. He said to them, do you still not understand? I'm going to get right to the heart of what I th think is going on. <clears throat> the heart of it, I think, is a group of people who have missed that Jesus is enough. They are so concerned about what they have or don't have that they are missing the sense of what is present right before them in Jesus Christ. The concluding statement that Jesus asks of his disciples is, do you still not understand? And the whole story begins with Jesus looking to a group of people who, are, uh, who have been wandering with Jesus for three days and he looks to them and he has compassion on them. He says, we got to do something about this. And the immediate sense is that we don't have enough to give them, even though they've been proven uh, just days prior or however long, I'm not sure. But they are shown that Jesus is enough for them and that just to offer a little bit of bread in the hands of God can be enough for thousands. And so Jesus is uh, challenging them once again. You have eyes, do you not see? Do you, have, you have ears, but you're not hearing it. And you need to hear this. You need to hear this truth, yet you're still not understanding. And what Jesus asks of them is to think about how much bread was left. And the question is, is you know, how much was left? And, he's, and they say, well, there was seven. There were seven basketfuls left of pieces. And commentaries, as you read them and study them, they're kind of all over the map. And, and here's what I think Jesus is saying. I think Jesus is pointing to us the, to the completeness of Christ. How many days was creation? Well, it was six days of creation and, and God rested on the seventh. And that was always a number, a sense of completion, of perfection and wholeness. And I think Jesus is trying to remind us in this moment that our wholeness comes from a life in Christ. That our wholeness comes in the joy and salvation of the kingdom of God. 
Over and over again, Jesus is trying to communicate with his disciples that he is the one who is coming to heal. He is the one who's coming to help. He's the one who is coming to bring forth peace and salvation. He's coming to rescue the uh, sinners and bring about life in his kingdom. And so the challenge then becomes that these people are not hearing it and they aren't seeing it, though it's right in front of them. The disciples miss it. The Pharisees miss it. And I think that you and I miss it. We miss it when we walk into a building and we think, okay, there's not enough for us. We miss it when we think about our own walk with God and he convicts us that there's someone in our life that we need to forgive and we think, God, we don't have enough mercy to give. We feel insufficient in so many ways in our walk with God that we don't feel like we have enough so that we can give. And so the challenge of this text, I believe, and what God is putting forth is this overall important message that Jesus is enough. He's enough for you and me. He's enough for the world. And what, what we see throughout the Bible and throughout the Gospels is Jesus giving himself as the broken bread for the world. He says, I am the bread of life. He says, I am the source of eternal life. He says that if you believe in me, this gift of eternal life is yours. And this event happened 2,000 years ago, and we're going to celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus today into Jerusalem and the celebration that Hosanna in the highest, you know, Jesus the Messiah, our Lord and King, is coming. And Jesus is coming not as a conquering ruler that will overthrow Rome, but as one who will conquer sin and death and offer forgiveness to the world. He's going to break in and he's going to break into uh, the scene in an unexpected way. And that it won't be this conquering hero, but this sacrificial hero who lays down his life and his body is broken. And he invites all of his people who would come and follow him to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. And it's such a strange thing for Jesus to say that if we're going to be his followers, but what he is saying is, is that we have to be enough for him. He has to be enough for us. He has to be the source of our life. And what I have found over and over again is I'm driving on empty and I'm wondering, do I have enough to get to where I'm going? And the truth is, is I don't have enough to get where I'm trying to go. But there is one who has come to fill us and to help us and to be our sufficient strength. Jesus is enough. His disciples miss it for a moment. The Pharisees miss it. And we can miss it. But I invite you to start seeing the sufficiency of Jesus. The sufficiency of his love for you. The sufficiency of his grace for you. The sufficiency of his forgiveness and mercy and patience and kindness and gentleness. And all of these things that he pours out for us to fill us. That today we would be comforted in knowing that Jesus is sufficient. I had to rewrite my message yesterday. 
because my message hinged on a testimony of someone. For many, uh, Back home, there's a, there's a couple. Their names are Doc and Karen. And Karen, Karen contracted the virus. And after a long battle, she passed away yesterday. I've known Karen and Doc my entire life and they are just saints and servants and wonderful people. To know Karen is to know joy. To know Karen was to know how to work and have fun at the same time. They've spent more time with youth groups and raising up young women to love the Lord uh, than we can ever imagine or quantify. They are wonderful people and my prayers are with them. And all this time I've been following um, Dr. Hodgman's post, Rich's post on Facebook, and he would say, this is what Karen's fighting with and what's going on. And every message was a reminder of their strength and sufficiency in Christ. It's that sufficiency that when we are empty, we are being filled. That when we are pouring out our lives, God's grace is filling us all the more. I don't want to live in a world without hope. And we don't have to because the, of the sufficiency of Jesus to pour out his life for you and me. As the world is shaking and we wonder what is next. As the world feels like we aren't really sure what we're trying to put our feet on anymore. Jesus is inviting us to put our lives in his kingdom. To seek it first with our whole lives, our whole selves, and no matter what comes and no matter what hardship or heartache or suffering or the challenges that we face, there is an all-sufficient Savior who has poured out his life so that we might have sufficiency in him. You can have salvation in Jesus today you can have life and hope in him because Jesus is enough. And one day you will find he's enough even to face death because he's on the other side. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, your grace and your wisdom and your love has, has been carrying us forward. And it is the vision of your kingdom that Jesus has laid out that has captured our hearts. And God, we don't need to live in scarcity and poverty of thinking that we don't have enough. Because if we have you, we have everything. And so God, calm our hearts and give us peace and comfort us and let us know that we are loved today, that we are not alone, that we are not empty, that we don't need to be afraid, that today is the day that you have given us of joy and gladness and salvation in Jesus Christ. Lord, we sing and we celebrate with Christians around the world of the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. 
that he is enough and his grace is sufficient for you or for us and for our homes and our families and our children. So God, we draw near to you, draw near to us and we turn to you, Lord, and help us to see you as sufficient, filled with mercy and love. Comfort us now, God, it's in Jesus' name, amen. I was um, reminded uh, of a hymn uh, this last week and it's just a simple reminder that this is our Father's world. And there's a particular line that always strikes me deep in my heart. This is my Father's world. Let me ne'er forget that though the wrong seems oft so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my father's world, the battle is not done. Jesus who died shall be satisfied and earth and heaven will be one. We don't know when Jesus will come and make earth and heaven one. But what grabs a hold of us is this hope, this comfort, this guide that every step of the way, this is still our father's world and he is still accomplishing his purposes and he is stirring and moving and guiding us as his children. I invite you to sing with me. I'm gonna back away from the camera so you don't hear me too much. <laughs> and sing with us and join together to know that this is our Father's world, that his grace is sufficient, that his love for us is sufficient. Jesus is enough for you and for me.